Do you think that broke the internet, Matt Berry in skinny jeans? That was his insistence, too. He just wanted to go tighter and tighter. The way this look had this chokehold on the internet for the past six months has been ridiculous. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times my dad has called me, calling me the most devious bastard in all of New York City. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Art of Costume podcast. I am your host, Spencer Williams, and thank you so much for joining me for another bonus episode. Dark greetings. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited for you all to hear today's episode as we're talking about one of my all-time favorite shows, What We Do in the Shadows. You all know how I feel about this show. It's just a masterpiece. The costumes, the characters. Um, And with the new season coming out on July 13th, 2023, I figured what better way than to take a look back at season four and discuss all the costumes before we get into season five. And of course, today we're going to be joined by the costume designer, What We Do in the Shadows, my good friend, Laura Montgomery, who I actually met uh, here on the podcast when we did an interview way back now for season three of What We Do in the Shadows. And ever since then, we've become great friends. We see each other every time she's in town for, you know, whether it's winning an Emmy or being nominated at this award show or speaking on this panel, we always make an effort to hang out and see each other. So a lot of love for Laura and her career and her team. With that, let's get into it. First, I'll start with a summary for season four of What We Do in the Shadows. The vampires return from their world travels to find their mansion on the verge of collapse. A freakish new creature in the house and dreams to open a hot new vampire nightclub in Staten Island finally come true. What We Do in the Shadows was created by Jermaine Clement and costumes designed by Laura Montgomery. You know Laura from... Tons and tons of incredible films and shows. She was a buyer on Carrie, Pixels, Poltergeist, Suicide Squad, and Shazam. She was an assistant costume designer on American Gods. And she was costume designer on the film Spiral. And of course, what we do in the Shadows Seasons 3, 4, and the upcoming Season 5. For her work on what we do in the Shadows, she has been nominated for four CAFCAD Awards... She was nominated for three Costume Designer Guild Awards. And of course, she won an Emmy. So (laughs) she is killing it. She also has an upcoming series coming out, uh, Gen V, which is an upcoming American superhero television series developed by Craig Rosenberg, Evan Goldberg, and Eric Kripke, serving as a spinoff of The Boys. With that, I'm so excited for you all to hear from Laura Um, It's a great conversation, and I hope you all enjoy after this break. And if you do enjoy this conversation, do not forget to go on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Please, please, please leave us a five-star review. Tell us what you love about the podcast. It really does help. We're doing a big push right now for reviews and ratings so we can really take this podcast to the next level uh, throughout this year. So please, if you haven't done so already, please do so. And we'll even give you a shout out on the podcast. Thank you so much. to introduce my friend, returning guest, Laura Montgomery. Hey, Laura. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. It's so good to see you. I, I feel like 
I love talking to you at least twice a year at this point. So <laughs> no, I've been lucky and I get to see you in person too. Right. I'm so excited. Hopefully you're coming back soon. Hopefully. Yeah. Next month for the CDGs. Okay, good. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it's been a little while since our first interview. Um, last time we talked about season three of what we do in the shadows, but you've been killing it. I mean, now you're Emmy award winning costume designer, Laura Montgomery. It's been quite a journey since the first time we talked. It certainly has. I mean, I, it all happened really quickly. Last year, going to the CDGs was the first time I ever did anything like that. Um, and so it was very, it really was kind of like a dream come true. Um, I'm someone who always watched award shows on television. Like, you know, that's my Super Bowl red carpet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Oscars. <laughs> and then to be living it was was just so unexpected and really gratifying for me, for my team, for the show. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been wild and it was so exciting. I think for me to watch a lot of people to watch, I mean, I think everyone was just so happy for you and rooting for you and your team. Um, it's, it's amazing. I'm so excited for you. And I think we're just going to keep the ball rolling too. <laughs> so more award shows, Laura. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's check in on our favorite vampires. Uh, this season was all about transition, I believe. Um, I think my favorite part about the season was watching Nadia and her journey from the vampiric council to being a club owner. Um, I loved her costumes. They had that Nadja gothic look that we love, but also a little bit of like a club-like edge to it this season, which I think is so fun to see how she camps it up a little bit in each of her appearances. What was that like? It was such a dream. Like it was a real treat because we have these characters and they're not supposed to change that much. They're vampires. Their look is established. There isn't a lot that you can really do to change them unless it's in the script. So for this to get a whole season that was like, this character is going on a different journey, which dictates that they have to have different clothes. And it's also a really fun one. Like, it's not like she's joining an Amish community, <laughs> which might be fun for a minute, but... That would be a I, good episode, actually. It would be. <laughs> actually, you know what? I don't want to spoil anything. Um, yeah, just tell me. Season, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there might be a fun moment, season five. Um, but club wear, like... By nature, it's really over the top and colorful and bright and attention getting. And so when we combined like her character with club wear, um, there were just so many opportunities. And I think it was even a good fit. Like she already does wear a lot of shiny things, a lot of big stuff, a lot of um, kind of over the top attention grabbing pieces. And I think both, both Natasha and I during COVID and just in life in general, but especially during COVID, we've watched a lot of drag race. So <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> um, that was kind of perfect too. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Now that you said, I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I love the two hats that she wears when we first see her at the beginning uh, of beginning ish of the season. I mean, that's just a flawless, campy, comedic touch. There's so much storytelling in the two hats. <laughs> uh, what was, I think, most terrifying was the one episode um, during the private school episode. <laughs> we see Nadja wearing a really cute pink outfit, and it's actually quite horrifying on her. And I just thought that was genius storytelling. What was your thought behind that look? That one was, it was scripted as, um, I don't know if it was scripted as a pink suit, but it was scripted as kind of like a, um, I actually, honestly, I can't remember what was in the script because now there's what's on the page and then there's what you bring to it. But in my mind, I read it as like, you know, pink Chanel style boucle. Right. And so, um, there were references of politician's wife, but also, you know, a bit of Elle Woods. And then just going back to what the real Chanel suit would have been. So her kind of idea of like an 80s human woman who's very um, polished and put together. And so that one we built for her and it was really fun. It's always fun to do something different than what they would normally wear. 
Right. It was so striking when he saw you like, uh oh, like something's going on here in her head. And it's just <laughs> so hilarious because um, you could tell she's trying to blend in really well right now. <laughs> the worst part of it was we had these amazing shoes that I instead I was like, you have to wear the shoes. You have to wear the shoes. She wore the shoes every second and you never saw them. They were the Vivian Westwood. They were like the jelly heels with the big um, ball on the toe. It was just like this little peep toe with a heel (laughs) pink. They were so cute. Oh Um, no. (laughs) Never saw them. And then Dolly had one too. I'm sure you noticed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sad now. Um, Need like some behind the scenes moments or something. Yeah. You've told me before that the guide is one of your favorite characters to dress. So seeing her translate into the club scene was actually quite hilarious. I'm trying to like pinpoint what this aesthetic is. It's kind of like, I guess a little bit 80s out there, but it's just, it's wild. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I think we call it the Madonna. That might be because of the wig. Um, (laughs) It's very 80s, very like early 90s club kid. I remember... I was really inspired by that aesthetic when I was young. I, when the club kids were going on all the talk shows, mm-hmm. um, I just thought, you know, with their like six inch, even higher, 12 inch rainbow platforms and foam and that whole club kid era was so, um, I just thought so creative and so bright. And so it just seemed very lively, like stuff was happening in New York and I was up in Toronto and um, I didn't have access to any of it no. <laughs> <laughs> um, except on TV. Uh, and so it's really, it was really looking back at nineties club kid pictures. Um, I love that. And that's where I took a lot of inspiration for her. The good, she doesn't have a lot of rules, which is fun. Her main rule is her color palette. I really stick to a monochromatic color palette for her. So black, white, there can be some silver, there can be some pewter, but it's very grayscale. I try not to do anything that is too Nadia on her. So as soon as the sleeve gets a bit too puffy, I'm like, nope, I can't go there. That's a Nadia silhouette. Um, And she tends to be a little bit more kind of edgy, architectural in her inspiration. But other than that, there aren't a ton of rules, so we can really have fun. She's so hilarious, too, the fact that she... You know, she spent the entire year just kind of sitting there and collecting dust. So her <laughs> like book of references isn't very large. So I feel like sometimes it's a little dated, which makes it more hilarious because, you know, this is everyone's impression of what maybe fashion is. Um, so, yeah, I think the guy just nails it every time. <laughs> I think. You know, we're talking about like that club kid aesthetic. I kept thinking back to like all the blade references of the blood sprinklers and whatnot. The first like five minutes of the Blade movie, I was noticing a lot of people in the background too and their looks when we were at the club, which was a lot of fun to see all the kind of um, definitely costumed looks I noticed. Their looks were incredible. I'm so lucky. Our background coordinator, Jill Lerner, is amazing. And her specialty is like she can do anything but weird, wacky fashion styling. This season was an absolute dream for her. And um, (laughs) we do prefits, but then also it's just a lot of like pulling people together on the day. Uh, And so the number of people that they process on the day and just turn them from like a very average looking, (laughs) some of them come in, casting was really helpful too, because sometimes, you know, they would the background casting agent would cast people who already had a kind of a look. Um, but otherwise you would just get like a run of the mill person and you would have to turn them into something sexy and creepy and weird. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I wish we, I wish we saw more of them. Um, but every time I think she just did such a good job. Right. I think one of my favorite scenes is, um, when we're first introduced to the club and you see Nadia talking to everyone in the line and you see everyone in line waiting for the club. That's just like a great moment where you get to see all the costumes kind of lining up. Um, it's perfect. <laughs> oh, thanks. Did you see the denim capes? Denim capes. I don't think I noticed denim capes. Oh my gosh. We did a whole, so there's a line, I think it's in, not sure which episode might be the wedding episode. Um, where Nadia says to two background performers, she says, you two in the denim capes go back to New Jersey. Yeah, no, I do remember the line. (laughs) And we did a whole head to toe. um, It was Justin and Brittany. 
Oh they're in head to toe denim. He's in a denim. We covered a cowboy hat in Patrick denim. Stop. I need to go we still back have the and capes. watch The capes are amazing. And I know I've seen that part because I remember the line now vividly, but I need to go back and look at what they were wearing. It just never... Everything. <laughs> Down to the shoes. Even the shoes were denim. <laughs> <laughs> a little Easter egg for everyone watching. Go back and watch yeah. that scene. <laughs> um, someone else who's gone through quite a journey this season uh, was Nandor the Relentless, my favorite. Um, Nandor finds love and we have this incredible wedding episode. Well, love in quotation marks. Yeah. <laughs> love that maybe he might consider love. Um, I've had the privilege of seeing Nandor's wedding look in person, as you know, and I think it's quite breathtaking. What was the story behind putting together Nandor's look in particular? Good question. It all all of that came together really quickly. So Season four was shot in the same calendar year. We did three and four in the same calendar year. I think, you know, scheduling with COVID, some things were delayed. So season three ended up happening a little later than we normally would. So so it all happened really quickly. At the point when we got the script for the wedding, we were, were we shooting? We were either prepping or shooting the night market. So Already, okay. I just felt like absolutely up to my eyeballs in night market. It was like, <laughs> we're at our max. There's nothing else we can do. We have goblins, warlocks, witches, like <laughs> all this stuff is going on. Valkyries, like we are stretched to the limit. And then... You're like, weddings we, are not in the calendar this year, Mr. Relentless. <laughs> no. And so we had the concept meeting on the schedule for the next episode. And I kind of like, I we get the rough you know, outline. So I knew there was a wedding coming up. So I kind of like had a, I knew that that might be happening this season, but we get the script, not even that much time to read it because the concept meeting starts in maybe, you know, 10 minutes after we get the script and I'm just kind of flipping through and I get to maybe the fifth page and I see the makeover montage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I forgot about the makeover montage. That um, I mean, that is Emmy Award worthy just in the <laughs> two minutes. It's so funny. <laughs> and I just remember in the meeting, like I was trying to keep my cool. And at one point, the showrunner, as he's going through the beats, he was like, and uh, I'm just looking at Laura's face to see what her reaction is right now. <laughs> yes. um, I was just, I was like, I'm not going to show anything. I'm not going to show anything. And the meeting finished. And I just immediately went up to our producer. And I was like, okay, so um, this group is amazing. I'm really excited to do it. If this is going to happen uh, at all, I'm going to need um, a second ACD. And she starts immediately. I'm going to need another buyer. I'm going to need this and this and this. Um, and to his credit, he was like, yes, to all of it, yes. He knew it was coming. <laughs> Just listening I, know, at you. <laughs> I, was, I, I think I might have even messaged him in the chat on the Zoom. I was like, I will be seeing you after this. <laughs> <laughs> Because like all of our resources were already tied up with what we were shooting. And then we had, I think I want, I don't even know if we had 10 days to prep this. So I was like, okay, I need to wow. divert an entire new set of resources and my, you know, massive $30,000 budget um, <laughs> to this wedding episode, <laughs> which is still like that to me is on, is the most, I think, encouraging and gratifying and just unbelievable that this show, and I'm not, I mean, maybe I'm speaking too much out of turn. I shouldn't divulge the secrets, but I have a dollar budget per episode. Wow. So to have this episode what? That doesn't nominated, sound right. <laughs> I know, to have it, these are the secrets, this is the behind the scenes, against like Lord of the Rings. Right. That's great. Like that's so, it just, you know. The workmanship that was put in, you know, you can see like when I look at this, I can see the, I don't want to call them cheap, the less expensive trims that we had to use. Would I have hand embroidered everything if I could have? Yes. But the, it's not in this picture, but the, the kind of mantle over the shoulder of his velvet cape that you saw in person, that was all, we used a fabric that had some embroidery on it already, but um, my textile artist, who's an amazing beater and embroiderer, she spent, I don't even know how many hours, like days, hours and hours hand beating that. And those are the things that I think helped to really elevate it. I was like, okay, we're going to put our resources. We can do this. We can do this. We'll cut corners in some places. And then for him, it was, I think I just had to really quickly look through images of, you know, 
there's always a danger of taking him to Indian. So I looked at a bit of Indian wedding stuff, but then mm-hmm. I was like, no, it can't be too Indian. So again, just going back to the source material of like, you know, formal um, paintings. And I think I took, I don't know where I stole the shape of that outer jacket from. And then he always wore, because vampires always wear capes. So we did the cape and the velvet. <laughs> and then that Sam Brown harness was a bit of, it felt like it needed something more because he always has his military background. So the harness, but we made it in um, kind of a dressier leather and put a nice buckle on it. So yeah, but it was all... It came together really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just have such a bigger appreciation for the show just listening to you speak about. It. I mean, the fact that your team is able to pull this off with such little time with it sounds like basically a zero dollar budget. I mean, when it in oh, like the grand no scheme money. of things compared yeah. to like House of the Dragon, Rings of Power <laughs> that are like the most expensive shows ever. Um, it's just I don't wild. know. We just got like, you know, I had my cutter Carla Mangiardi who was absolutely incredible she did I think almost all of the um, montage costumes she was just like pumping them out I hired on two more cutters amazing guy named Wing Lee he did that little like that gold bolero for Marwa Sam Winton um, she slapped all the lace on the dress I don't want to say slap she spent you know many hours carefully (laughs) applying it Um, and then we just had to kind of triage like okay we're gonna do the the candy stripe blazer the sail even like the sailor suit for the baron uh getting the proportions right on all of that because he has no legs (laughs) they were all that's the thing reading it i was like these are all builds like i can't just go to the store and buy and all of those beats were scripted so the he's opening his trench coat and already i'm like doug is six foot i don't know four there's no trench coat that exists that is that i can buy in the next couple days that is floor length to six foot four. So how do we do that? How do we do the child sailor suit? How do we do the uh, matching on the bicycle? Like that kind of Mary (laughs) Poppins. I was like, these are all builds. (laughs) But I think that's where we save money too, because um, it's labor. So we buy the fabric and then we make it, we age it, we distress it, we paint it. Wow. So it's the people like my team is incredible. Well, shout out to the entire team of yes. what we do in a shadow season four, three, all of them. Cause I mean, it's just, it's really incredible because you would not be able to tell watching this episode. It just, it, to me, I would have thought you had a long time to prep for this. So. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It doesn't come off that way. It's quite incredible. Oh, thank you. Um, One of my favorite, you know, I'm a Baron super fan. And we (laughs) were just talking about (laughs) Doug Jones. Um, I think I even said to you in our first uh, interview, I said, please, if you could tell them anything, it's to bring the Baron back every season. And I got my wish (laughs) because this was everything I was hoping for. What was it like creating this look uh, for the Baron and his new rejuvenated body, I should say, which everyone seems to be really excited about, including Nadia and Leslo. (laughs) (laughs) It was a lot of fun. And it was, um, I didn't want to stray too far from what had already been established for him. Uh, I think what Amanda did in the first season, and it was really funny where he wore the two roughs when he was going out (laughs) for the night on the town. So we kind of established that he's a rough guy. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> and with the rough and the jabot. So we did, we made the rough and we put, we just, I just tried to kind of fancy everything up a bit. So we made that rough and we edged it with pearls, the coat, trying to find a fabric. I remember that was such a thing because fabric sourcing in Toronto is pretty difficult. Mm-hmm. And that, coat needed a lot of fabric because he's so tall and it had the train and the flare. So I found something, but there wasn't quite enough. And so that is why 
I, I'm just selling it as a choice and a design detail, but it was not originally meant to have the sleeves of the different fabric than the body, <laughs> uh, which I think works ultimately, but it was just because um, we got the fabric from New York and um, there just wasn't enough of the the one that we really liked. So I was like, oh, let's use two different ones. <laughs> Why are you so tall? Uh, yeah, no, I love the actually the contrasting sleeves. I think that's a really great touch. I think it was sometimes these things happen and then it ends up like, oh, it's better for it. Like, right. you know, so that was a journey I, had to go on. It looks more expensive to me, actually it looks more regal. And, you know, I mean, he's the Baron, so he's covered in gold colors. It's a bit more interesting. Yeah. And he had these great Fluvog heeled boots um, that Doug himself just loved. And so at the end, uh, they they found their way into his suitcase and he is so he sent me a message that he wore them to um a ceremony where he was being given a lifetime achievement award and he oh. just was like rocking those boots in his personal life <laughs> i love that i mean he's kind of like a costume design dream i imagine i just said this Saturday too um salvador perez who just did hocus pocus i like i just imagine working with doug jones is exciting I mean, he's so tall, but I mean, he's a costume character. He is. And he, for me, it's his hands. That's mm. the signature. Like the way he moves his whole body is very um, recognizable. And for me, it's the hands. That's the through line for all of his characters. He has this really lyrical way of moving his hands. So even in the like the Del Toro movies, when you see him doing these kind of like very expressive hand gestures right. with those long fingers, uh, and he's a lovely person to work with. He's so professional. He is so kind. He is so patient. Like if you need him to come for a fitting, where, when do you need me? Uh, he knows everyone's name. He just like, he has a lovely, lovely personality. Oh, I love that. He's probably real happy that he's not a half burned up corpse this season too, which is probably really exciting for him too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was something that the um, the direct, the producers and the showrunners also wanted to do for him too, is that, you know, he's always in these heavy prosthetics. So they wanted to let him just be himself. Right. Yeah. Which is really exciting and refreshing. Um, I love the way you do your research for this show. And in particular, I thought it was interesting at uh, this season uh, with Nandor and his 37 returning wives, including <laughs> uh, Marwa, a.k.a. Mrs. Relentless. <laughs> so what sort of research did you do in preparation for creating these costumes? That was, again, a lot of source material from paintings and mostly... Um, I may have mentioned this because I think it's kind of, you know, there isn't, from what I have found, there isn't a ton from uh, the 1400s <laughs> in Persia. <laughs> but there's this one epic poem called the Shahnameh. Um, and there have been illustrated versions of that that have been done throughout the years. And you can kind of tell, like, if there's an illustrated version from um, the 1800s, it bears a little bit of the stamp of that period. But it's still, I hope, kind of gives a bit of a feeling of at least the shapes, the colors. Um, so for me, I was looking at that poem and the illustrated versions of that poem. So a lot of painting, a lot of illustrations, um, and just trying to you know, take the shapes from that and do what we could. A lot of, we had to build a lot because I found these things just didn't exist, not um, where it was accessible for me in Toronto, for example. Right. So kind of piecing together, finding things online and buying them from vintage stores, renting items. And then there are 37 wives. Some of them are cast, some of them are background. So, <laughs> you know, focusing our efforts on <laughs> <laughs> the ones that you're going to see more of, uh, make, we made all the headpieces. You can't see them. There's a set of twins that I really liked. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of photos out there. I was struggling to find photos on them. It's a shame. We need more photos FX. <laughs> but there were, and I think one of the great things about the show, and even I, at one point was on the bandwagon, you know, I'm all, I'm usually like, you know, the great thing about shadows is that we put our, like there's a lot of effort and thought that goes into it and it's not just a throwaway. Mm -hmm. And so at one point there were many people 
who were saying, it's a very small set. You will never see 37 wives. We don't need 37 wives. You could just do it with 15 and like jiggle the camera and it looks like 37. And even at one point when I was having some difficulty, I was like, why do we need 37 wives? Uh, like really? We're never gonna see them. <laughs> it's a small set. Um, but to her credit, the director, Yana Gorska, I was like, no, like it says 37 wives. I need 37 bodies in costume. Even if I don't care if I don't see all of them, like we need 37. And I think it does help. So they were all over and we may not have seen all of them, but they were everywhere. And we did have 37 of them. Right. Uh, <laughs> and I think it's that kind of attention to detail that does help sell it. Like you just feel like there are 37 bodies in that space, 37 voices, 37 people breathing. Right. And I think that's also the exciting part to Shadows, too, is every time you watch it, you might be able to see something new. I mean, you've mentioned things to me today that I'm like, I've seen the season like three times now. And I'm like, what? Denim capes. I need to go back and like, you know, like you always notice something different every time you watch a show, which is exciting. So, I mean, next time everyone watches, check out all of Nandor's 30 Sand Wives. Maybe you might <laughs> see something see you didn't you see can last spot time. My, see if you can spot my identical twins. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. They have matching costumes. I'll give you a clue. One, they're, well, they're fraternal, I guess, because it's a man and a woman, but we did them in identical costumes. Oh, interesting. I was like, he needs a set of twins. Of course he'd want a set of twins. Right. <laughs> that's, that's very <laughs> Mr. Relentless. <laughs> right. Um, I think the freakiest detail to this season, and <laughs> we knew this was coming, but it wasn't easy seeing it the first time. Um, Colin Robinson being essentially a child, a toddler, going into his teenage angsty years, this was a journey, Laura. I mean, this is <laughs> wild. So I, you and I talked a little bit behind the scenes, but just so everyone knows, you were designing costumes. So that you're designing the kids' costumes, toddler costumes, the teenager looks. This is still all you. It's not visual effects. No, it's not visual effects. <laughs> there was a lot of like R&D, I would say, at the beginning. We always knew it would be a body. Um a child's body. I think they always knew that it would be a child's body, but there was a lot of like, how are they going to do the heads, so, which had nothing to do with us really, except for the fact that like, you know, would it be helpful if I provided a hat or a hood? Would it not be helpful? Is it going to be, there was a mask built at one point, which was deemed just like too creepy, uncanny valley. It was like a mask. It's like, head. no, thank you. <laughs> and eventually it was, um, so there are two ages. So when you see the one in the little sleeper, that's what we would call baby Colin. So right. there were I think, two actors who were the body of baby Colin, <laughs> adorable little like three-year-olds. And then there were three, there were actually four actors who played child Colin, who's the, like the kid body that you see. So there was a stunt one um, who's an wow. adult stunt performer, but he's a little person. And then there were three kids who actually um, in the episode where Nadia is auditioning children for the nightclub, <laughs> right? the three kids who perform. So there's one who does a spelling bee. There's one who uh -huh. sings and there's one who tap dances. Those are our three child Colin bodies. Aww, those kids. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to go back and rewatch. It gave me so much homework. <laughs> <laughs> and so we shot everything. They had the wig. So they would wear the wig and they had the little tracking dots on their faces. Um, but it meant that, you know, for every costume of his, I had to have at least four of them. Right. Um, and so for his clothes, not so much when you got into the baby, but in the kid, there were a couple of times when he wears some pieces from Laszlo's closet. Mm -hmm. And then I really just tried to think about what a kid would wear if he was left to his own devices. Like he's living in this mansion. He has access to their closets, probably victims closets. <laughs> Guillermo's probably bringing him stuff from Target. <laughs> Uh, cause Guillermo's got a hand in raising him now, but otherwise he's probably pretty much unsupervised and he's making a lot of his own decisions with what to wear. So my inspiration and my, my research board for him that I presented was all just pictures of my own children. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, I mean, I don't want to say on a podcast, but I believe you have two boys, right? So that must've played into it a little bit. The, um, so much of it. So the big thing with the kids was that they just, they put things together that you wouldn't think to do. So my kids wear a lot of 
almost every day they have something on that's backwards. Um, <laughs> You're like, oh boy. <laughs> and then a lot of uh, using costumes or things that are not clothing as part of their clothing because they want to like put on a, a look. Uh, Child Colin wears a bathroom, a bathroom, a bathrobe. <laughs> For a few of his costumes include a bathrobe and that was stolen directly. My younger son is, has worn a bathrobe to school every day this week. Um, <laughs> just like over his clothes because it's like, you know, a piece. So right today he has on a bathrobe, a hooded bathrobe and a fedora. Wow. I really love his um, style. This sounds, sounds comfortable. <laughs> I know it's like, you know, that's his, that's his thing. And then the swim goggles too. I think, you know, there was a point when my kids were having like these big Nerf gun battles. And so they would put on like goggles and things. And so I tried to, I just tried to think of what, you know, what an eight-year-old kid would pick uh, and would gravitate towards. And so I tried to make it as naturalistic as possible. Wow. I mean, there's a lot of like background that goes into that too. Cause you're also, <laughs> like you said, you're thinking about like, well, how would Laszlo, I mean, Laszlo, we're talking about dress a eight-year-old child and, um, you know, he what wouldn't care. Of, he right. would just let the kid do his own thing. That's <laughs> it's so true. It's so <laughs> hilarious. I loved it. I could just throughout the season, I was like, oh man, I can't wait to talk to Laura about baby Colin. Cause you just, you know, <laughs> it was quite a journey. Guillermo comes into a little bit of money this season. He's starting to show a little bit of style and all flashy <laughs> throughout the museum. I imagine working with uh, Harvey on this was probably quite exciting. It was. I mean, he's such a dream. I wish we could push it as far as, you know, his personal taste would want it to go. But he also, he understands character so well, he would never want it to be out of character. Right. Um, but it was fun to do a little bit more you know, fashion, but then to think of what Guillermo would want to spend his money on and what he thinks is stylish and fashionable. The Versace shirt was actually in the script that he's wearing a Versace shirt. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> so stupid. I love it. <laughs> but for the rest of it, it was like just very flashy. You know, there was something about at one point it was jeans. Like, you know, he had to have really like trendy, like expensive looking jeans i think was the script note and so for that we were like what would that be true religion obviously right um, <laughs> and then he has these great louboutin sneakers because he's embezzling money from the club so he has right. you know all this extra sounds cash. like everyone's embezzling money from the club <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, we found these louboutin sneakers that were so perfect because he of course he's just desperate to be a vampire um, so they are patent red and black and they have spikes on the toes. Oh, that's awesome. So those got made their way into his closet this season. Yes. I mean, just even in his fashion choices, he's always thinking about being a vampire. Um, yeah. hopefully he gets his wish. I'm rooting for you, Guillermo. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, I think one of my favorite episodes was Go Flip Yourself, where Laszlo gets to live out his dream with uh, brothers Toby and Bran as they come to renovate the residence. <laughs> In this masterpiece of an episode, we get to see Laszlo go like full dad mode <laughs> with the flannel shirt, the great cut of jeans on him but also still very lazlo with his neck piece it's it's hilarious you have to get into this look do you think that broke the internet matt barry and skinny jeans that was his insistence too he just wanted to go tighter and tighter the way this look had this chokehold on the internet for the past six months has been ridiculous i mean I can't even tell you how many times my dad has called me, calling me the most devious bastard in all of New York <laughs> City. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's broke the internet. It's it's a look, Laura. It's such a good look. Did you notice that throughout the entire season, they were putting in commercials for Go Flip Yourself? I did notice that. Yeah. yeah. As a Go Flip Definitely. Yourself super fan now, um, I did notice. <laughs> Honestly, I screamed like I love those home renovation shows so that I was like, I know how to do this um, <laughs> for the host. But I screamed when I read the episode because already I was reading it, reading it, reading it. And already I was like, this is amazing. They're going to do it in the format of um, a home renovation show like so brilliant this episode can't get any better right and then I get to the final pages 
and it's Simon and it's all about the hat. Like I screamed out loud. I remember going out of my office and I was like, you guys have to read this episode. It's amazing. I'm not going to tell you what happens. Like just sit down, read it right now. It's, it's genius. Um. <laughs> I think one thing that might've escaped notice because unfortunately Toby was wearing a jacket when he was um, killed, but those are Toby's clothes. I think some people oh. were like, oh, I didn't realize that. But those are the clothes from Toby's dead body. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice that. That's hilarious. So then, as you said, you know, I'm a big Nick Kroll fan. I love Simon and Devious. He shows up. Um, he's looking incredible. He brings his crew, Big Vlad and Pusa, the Freak Sisters, Lil Vlad, <laughs> Freak Best Tony. The list goes on and on. Count Rapula. Uh, Big Vlad the... is our special effects. That's <laughs> our special effects coordinator. No, he's not. Is he really? <laughs> he is because in the first season, when um, he had his like, he had to do something with fire. I don't know, think he like gets an arrow on him and he gets set on fire. So because he's our special effects guy, they used him and they're like, well, we'll just put him in the show. But now ever since, like now he has to continue being big Vlad. It's too late now, Vlad. <laughs> I, I think he secretly loves it. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah I mean, every time this crew shows up and I mean, it takes the, it's one of the best episodes of the season every time it comes up. Um, what was it like designing this crew and working with Nick Kroll? Um, you even got to get your hand on Elvis, which is, you know, quite a popular costume these days. So and that guy's amazing. <laughs> so Sean Clush or Cush, who he is a real life Elvis. Um, I don't even think I'm using the right word impersonator. Uh, the, he has another word for it because he does all the live singing. Oh, okay. Um, and so that is his livelihood. He goes around, he tours, apparently he's close with the family. He even has, he gets his clothes. So those are, what he's wearing are actually his own clothes um, <laughs> because he gets them made, some of them by the people who made Elvis's real clothing. Oh, he wow. even has a pair of glasses that he let me try on um, that belongs to Elvis. What? So. They've been on Elvis's face. I know. Okay, like Mister Elvis. I mean, more more credit to him. <laughs> I know. So he's the real deal. So for his stuff, like we, you know, we would do the coveralls, but otherwise, it's just like you know, can you bring this? Can you bring some options? Because he has it all. He travels with it. Um, those are his performance clothes, and that even that shirt is a copy of one that Elvis really wore. So I was like, well, I'm not going to do better than this. Right. Why reinvent the wheel? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess we're done with this character. <laughs> yeah. <thick> done. <laughs> but designing all the costumes for the crew, I mean, what is that like? Because they all have unique personalities, but they still kind of work together, though. They do. You know, I have to credit again, Jill Lerner, our background coordinator. Some of them were new. And we just, you know, his crew, initially when we first met his crew, they were called the Leather Bears. So there's a lot of leather in there. Um, for the recognizability factor, they are actually the same people that we met at the nightclub. So for a lot of it, we tried to either replicate or re-rent. We did a lot of screen grabbing. <laughs> Even for the casting, they were like, who was this person? Who was Desdemona the Shrieker? They all have names. I mean, I, it um, took me forever just to find a list last night. There's so many of them. <laughs> There are a lot of them. <laughs> so we tried to do what they had worn in the club or something similar. Some of the new ones, Adina Menzel, we just gave her a t-shirt that said, it was actually supposed to just have the number 525,600. <laughs> but then the t-shirt printer wrote minutes on the bottom. And I was like, oh, it's a bit, okay. well, whatever. <laughs> Cringe, but okay. We shoot it today. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's so but funny. otherwise because she didn't look i was like wait where's the joke like i don't think she looks a lot like Dina menzel but no. okay so i was like let's just give her that t-shirt um but that is pretty funny though you made the joke <laughs> <laughs> i did it was for me sometimes we just do it for ourselves <laughs> and then the coveralls too we had to workshop i just rewatched the episode actually um and you can't really tell as much with Nick, when he pulls off the clothes, it happens really quickly, but we really tested it. And the whole, everything he's wearing as Bran, as well as all of their coveralls, we figured that it was, um, it magnets down the back. 
so he could pull it off. So it's jeans, a hoodie, a shirt. It was all, that one was all sewn together so that he can grab it at the waistband. He pulls it forward and the whole thing just comes off his body (laughs) and then he throws it down. So he was, it was practical. He was actually wearing this costume underneath the brand costume. And for all the guys who you see pulling off their coveralls, we had like some real coveralls for when you need to see their backs because they were in it the whole episode, like working around the house. Right. And then for the reveal, we had all the ones that were magneted up the back. So everyone could just like <laughs> throw them off because <laughs> we had to think about like, re- we have to do quick resets. We have a lot of these crew members. So yeah. How do we like get everything back on them? So we're not holding up camera. It was very fun. <laughs> it's a masterpiece. I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to not do anything today, but just watch what we do in the shadows after we're <laughs> done talking. <laughs> Um, before we wrap up, there are some serious fun celebrity cameos like Fred Armisen, Frankie Quinones, Jim Jarmusch, Thomas Mars of Phoenix, and Sofia Coppola. Laura, I, I mean, know. you kind of gave me a sneak peek about this and I had to just pretend like I didn't hear it for like an entire year. <laughs> this was wild. This was wild. I can't even imagine. I mean, you were... The similarities between this and Bram Stoker's Dracula is a very fine line at this moment. Yeah, that's a good point. I know I it was very, those are the moments when you just have to be like, yep, I'm cool with this. I'm a normal person. I'm not freaking out. When <laughs> Sophia came in for her fitting, we started talking about pickleball because she's good friends with our showrunner. He's really into pickleball. Pickleball is a big thing. Okay. I just started playing pickleball. Like what we do in the shadows people behind the scenes are obsessed with pickleball. And <laughs> so random. <laughs> I know. And she was just chatting and she was like, oh yeah, my dad just built, like he has a pickleball court at his house. And I was like, oh, cool, cool. And then afterwards when we were all just kind of decompressing, we were like, okay, her her dad, just, she's like so casual, just my dad, whatever, no big deal. We're like, Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. That is the person she's talking about. <laughs> oh, you mean the director of Bram Stoker's Dracula? Oh my God. <laughs> that guy? <laughs> Just like act normal, act normal, act normal. Yeah, everyone has a dad. No big deal. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I have a dad. You have a dad. (laughs) Sure. Um, But her character gets covered in a lot of blood, too. I mean, was there a conversation with her about that before it happened? (laughs) There, Yes, there was. Um, (laughs) So it was one of those kind of surreal things. And I've had to do it a couple times in the past. Like on Pixels, I remember shopping for clothes from Martha Stewart to play herself and also for Serena Williams to play herself. And like, it was tennis clothing that, you know, you know, she'd already worn, I don't know, six months before that was just coming out in stores. And I'm like, how do you top the real person? Right. So for this, like (laughs) Sophia and Toma, they had to be themselves. So we had to provide versions of their own clothing that we could get in multiples um, that looked like them uh so is there was a lot of conversation about like you know what would you what do you want to wear to be yourself what kinds of things do you wear um <laughs> and so for tomorrow we actually made the shirt Sophia sent us one of his shirts because he gets a lot of um like just these you know these particular shirts we found a nice fabric and we ended up making the shirt because we had to make a bunch of them so um because you know it's very fast they're in for a day and then they're out we have to know that it's going to fit perfectly we don't want to take any chances right. um and then it has to be a light color to show the blood uh but Sophia actually made it very easy she was like what about this what about this these are the kinds of things um so we had a fitting with her we tried on a few options and then we ended up in that's actually a men's um tuxedo shirt from suit supply in a really small size but it's I mean it's kind of perfectly her chic nonchalant I love it. And it's such a quick moment too, but it shows like the amount of work that goes to even like the smallest little beats that, you know, have such a great payoff though. I loved it. I was very excited for this moment. <laughs> Same. I know. I kind of feel like, I don't know if it hasn't been noticed as much or to me that that is like the big thing of the whole season. Like Sofia Coppola was in our show right. and that's something I find people are not talking about as much or asking about. I don't know if they just 
then I was like, does the audience not know who she is? No, that's crazy. Um, I wonder if the audience just doesn't really have like a face to the name. Like I, yeah. when you see Sofia Coppola, like the name, you're like, oh yeah, Sofia Coppola. But maybe, I don't know. That, that's what I imagine. I can't speak for all you basic nerds who don't understand who Sofia Coppola is, but <laughs> that's what I imagine you're going through right now. <laughs> I know. She was huge. Like growing up in the 90s, she was, you know, a fashion icon. Um, right. Yeah. Um, another celebrity cameo. <laughs> I loved Richie Suck. His <laughs> costumes are ridiculous. I mean, you know, there's not a lot of rapper vampires, but just such a great character you created. I mean, he really packed the punches with his few little scenes. What was that costume process like? We had a lot of fun with him because there was also, so he had his um, his home look at his silo which right. was his house <laughs> it was a smokestack yeah um, where he's being bossed around by fred armison <laughs> which that in itself like what did that season was such a dream for amazing collaborators and people like they say never meet your heroes but they were all wonderful better than i could have imagined and so he had his casual look and then for his performance look I mean, full disclosure, I just stole from Tupac the overalls <laughs> instead of it because Tupac were the ones that had thug life embroidered on the waistband. So his has blood life embroidered on the waistband. <laughs> that's so funny. But that's what Richie Suck would do. So yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> and then he has his cravat because vampires always have a cravat. So he has his little cravat at the neck. But yeah, and then there was a, there was a photo shoot too of old. There was going to be like a montage of his album covers, so we got to have oh, right. a lot of fun for the photo shoot. Uh, and Atheon brought a lot of um, ideas. Like he would put things on, and we'd be like, "Oh, you know, we were kind of like, what kind of '90s rapper are you?" <laughs> um, we kind of settled on Jodeci, actually. He was oh, like, "He's kind of yeah." Interesting. <laughs> so we had some fun looks for him. <laughs> uh, Laura, you know, I could talk to you forever. I'm a big fan of yours and your work, and I just think you and your team, especially, are so fantastic. Do you have anything coming up that we should know about? Um, well, we shot season five of Shadows, so that's going to be coming out next year. And then uh, last year, I also worked on um, a show that's part of the Vought Cinematic Universe. Oh, okay. It is called Gen V, and it's part of the world of the boys. It's about superheroes. There's some crossovers with some of the characters, but for the most part, it's a new world of college-aged superheroes. Oh, wow. I can't wait to watch that. That's going to be a good one. <laughs> Laura, thank you so much. This has been so fun. I love talking about what we do in the shadows with you, and I can't wait to see you soon. <laughs> Aw, thank you. Same. The Art of Costume Blogcast is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams. Our audio engineering and editing is done by Dan White. Follow us on Instagram at The Art of Costume Pod or visit theartofcostumeblogcast.com for all blogcast updates. If you want to support the show, go to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. For more costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, head over to theartofcostume.com, a blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design. 